Plans change. Change of plans. Just those words kind of strike fear a little bit in my heart because I like to plan things. They give you those personality tests and they like say things like that. Change of plans and you're supposed to say, do I react negatively or positively? Well, at least for a while in my life, that would be a negative reaction. I like things to be ordered, structured. I kind of like to control the way things go. And so I would have my plans. This is my goal. This is how I'm going to get there. And these are the you know, eight steps it will take. And it's all nicely planned. But I have to say, as I've grown in my relationship with God, I maybe got in touch a little bit more with my spontaneous side, where I, I kind of like to do some things unplanned, at least leave some room for the spirit to blow where he wills and kind of disrupt things and see, well, maybe I wanted that, but maybe God wanted this. Our plans can change, but the good news is that God's plan, it ultimately doesn't, because God's plan is pretty big. His plan is he wants our salvation. He wants you, me, everybody to be saved. Now, that's God's plan. He leaves us free, so it's very much up to us how that comes about or if that ultimately is successful. But we can have our plans. But in the grand scheme of everything, when it seems like our plans don't line up with God's, it's normally because God's plan is way better and it's, it's bigger. God sees the whole picture. So plans change, and that might be scary, but it might also be good. We see that today in our, our readings from the scripture. We have three key figures who have their plan, and then God changes their plan. The first of that is David in our first reading today. David uh, is finally established in Jerusalem. He's got his capital city, and everything is peaceful. He's got his palace built, and the problem is that from the time that they were wandering in the wilderness under Moses, well, God, dwelling in the Ark of the Covenant, they, they put up a special tent every time they stopped uh, called the Tabernacle, and it needed to be temporary because they were constantly moving from place to place in the desert, wandering for 40 years. But now they're established. They're in Jerusalem, and David looks out, and the Ark of God is in, you know, a, a temporary place. It's like, you know what? I, I'm in a palace. I'm permanently established. I need to make a permanent dwelling place for God. I will build him a temple. That's his plan. And that's a, that's a good plan. I think God would be pleased with that plan, one would think. And uh, Samuel even says, go, do what you have in mind. The Lord is with you. But that night, plans change. God says, no, Samuel, go tell David, you are not going to build me a temple. Now, that sounds disappointing. David was probably looking forward to doing this, to do something good for God or to do something lasting that everyone would be able to say, you know, David built this house. But in fact, God's plan is a little bit different. There will be a temple and David's son Solomon will build it. But as is always the case, when God changes our plans, it's always bigger and better than we could ever imagine. David wants to build a, a house for God. God says to David, no, no. You build me a house? No, no, I will build you a house. Not, uh, not the physical kind of house you're thinking of, but a house as in the house of David, the royal dynasty of David. You're not going to be just one king among many, David. You are going to be the greatest king and the one from which all other kings will descend, and there will never be an end of your dynasty. 
there will be a son of David forever ruling over God's people. Of his house, of this dynasty, there will be no end. Now, that is way, way bigger than David ever imagined. He had his plan to build a a house for the Ark of the Covenant. God says, no, I got a plan. Change of plans. My plan is to build a house for you, a dynasty. We fast forward to our reading from the gospel, and we come to the Virgin Mary. Well, she has her plan. Her plan from the moment she was young was that she decided that she wanted to be totally given to God. She would consecrate her virginity to God. She would not have children, and she would live totally devoted to God. Now, Joseph is probably uh, either given to her as a a protector, or she enters into a marriage with him not intending to have relations. But it's clear that Mary intended to be totally consecrated to God as a virgin. We know this because when the, the angel comes to her and tells her that she's going to bear a son, it says that Mary is deeply troubled and wonders, how can this be? Well, if it's that she's going to get married to Joseph, which, I mean, she's betrothed, it's going to happen very soon. If she intended to have normal marital relations with Joseph, there would not be this shock, like, how will this be? Because it would be obvious how it would be. She's about to get married to Joseph, and they're going to have children, and great. But Mary is deeply troubled because she knows, I, I've solemnly promised myself to God alone. I, I don't intend to have marital relations with Joseph, so not only have I never known a man, I don't intend to. How will this be? It doesn't seem to fit Mary's plans. And notice that Mary's plans are not selfish. <laughs> Far from it. Mary is conceived without any stain of sin, and so she has a pure heart that she has given totally to God, so she's just confused. Her plan is a good, good plan, the best plan she could imagine for herself, and yet still God's plan is better. Even Mary in her purity and humility and perfection, God still surpasses even her plans and says, no, Mary, you will remain a virgin as you planned, but change of plans. You will also be a mother. In fact, you will be the mother of God. Mary could not have imagined this. But she is told, do not be afraid. You will not lose your virginity. You will not have to compromise your pledge to God. Rather, God will perfect this consecration. and He will overshadow you with the Holy Spirit so that as close as you want it to be to God, God will now become so intimate with you that you will actually conceive God in your womb through the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. Talk about a change of plans. And yet Mary, because her her ultimate plan was always to just be totally given to God and do what God wants, Mary can adjust her plan and say, okay, I'm I'm the handmaid of the Lord. That's all I've wanted to be. And if, if this is God's plan then let it be done to me according to your word. And with that, the plans were changed, but we see how much incredibly greater God's plan is. And finally, St. Joseph. Pope Francis has just proclaimed a a year of St. Joseph, so we'll be talking a lot about him in this upcoming year. 
But talk about a change of plans. When Joseph becomes betrothed to Mary, presumably he knows that she has consecrated herself to God and they're, they're not going to have children together, but he certainly intended a real marriage to her where they would share each other's life. He would protect and provide for Mary. They would have an intimate, if non-sexual, relationship as husband and wife. And then Mary comes and tells Joseph that she is pregnant. There are perhaps two different options here. One would be that Joseph would think that Mary has, in fact, committed adultery because betrothal was such a solemn promise at the time that they're actually called husband and wife before they actually come together intimately. And it would be considered adultery to violate the betrothal covenant. So Joseph could presume that this is what has happened. Mary told him this whole story about how she was consecrated to God and never going to have children with him, and now she's pregnant with someone else's child? Talk about a change of plans. Or another theory is that Mary comes and, and says, the Holy Spirit has in fact conceived this child in me. The angel Gabriel came and told me, and of course Joseph believes her because he knows that she can't lie. Joseph trusts in God, but he says, if she's now the spouse of the Holy Spirit, she's taken. I, I can't be her husband. I, I have to step aside. And out of reverence and awe for God's plan, Joseph decides to end the betrothal quietly. He not being worthy to usurp God. Change of plans. Either way, we think of the great perplexity this would create in Joseph. He had his plan. It was a good plan. He found the most perfect woman in the world, and God had asked him to take Mary as his wife. He discerned this well from God, and now it's all changed. And then, of course, the angel comes to him in a dream and says, no, no, the plan was a good plan. You planned to take Mary as your wife, and that, that was my plan too. It's just there's a, a little bit of a change. Small detail. Mary is actually going to be the mother of God. And so you are going to have to be the foster father of God. Not only will you have to take care of Mary, you will also be the father, the earthly father who shows the son of God how to be a man, how to grow up and learn. You're going to have to do that too. Imagine, Joseph thought he would not be the father of anyone, that Mary was a perpetual virgin. And now not only is he going to be a father, he's going to be the father of the son of God change of plans. But notice God's plan is always bigger and greater than our little plans, even when we're trying to plan to do what God wants. I think the lesson of all three of these then, David, Mary, Joseph, it was not easy to have the plans changed. They had good plans to do what God wanted, and then it got all messed up. But in the end, God, who has the big picture, changed the plans for the better. Think about how that might apply to our lives. How many times have we thought, and I first among these, that, God, I had a good plan, and now it's all messed up, oftentimes through my own miserable sin. It seems like, yeah, there was a good plan, and God had it, and then I went and wrecked it, and I messed it up. Or I had something that I thought was good that I really, really wanted, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and God's answer was no. No. 
well, it seems like, well, God's not fulfilling his promise to answer our prayers. You know, say to this mountain, move and it'll move. Ask and you'll receive. It's not that God is not answering. It's that our plans are just too small. If we could see the big picture like God does, he says, no, no, I'm, I'm going to fulfill my plan. It's just my plan's bigger than your plan. Think about how many times in our lives we are depressed and down and out, and we, we're sitting in the darkness and the shadow of death, stuck in our sins, or stuck and wallowing over our own unfulfilled expectations. And God is trying to say, no, no, maybe change of plans. How many times do we see uh, in our, our pro-life work the, the beautiful witnesses at the pregnancy clinics where women come in in sorrow and desperation and they have one plan on their mind and then they meet with a counselor, someone who can help them see the bigger plan and all of a sudden, years later, like this little one that I accepted from God now is the joy of my life. You know, to be pregnant when you're not expecting to be expecting as Mary was, it can be an incredible, incredible, fearful time. And yet God can come in and say, you know, change your plans. Not a bad plan. You didn't plan to be pregnant right now. But guess what? It's going to be the greatest joy in your whole life, and you just can't see it yet. That's what our, our pro-life workers at the pregnancy clinics do all the time. Praise God for them. Praise God that Mary, unexpectedly pregnant, says yes and gives birth to the Savior. Praise God that St. Joseph is a good father who sticks by Mary and his little baby son, Jesus. Praise God that, that David really tried to be a man after God's heart and tried to do it, and God fulfilled his promise to David as Jesus sits on the throne forever. God will fulfill his plans, no matter how far down and out you think you are. And let 2020 be a great example. Whoever would have expected this Christmas to be the way it is? Nobody planned it this way. What do you mean, we, we can't even get together as our family? This doesn't sound very good. We gotta stay apart and wear masks. I can't even give a hug. I can't even go see my grandpa. That's not a very good plan. All right, well, it's not what we planned, but maybe this might be the first Christmas where maybe without all the loud presents and going everywhere and worry and hasting, we, we just sit on Christmas morning quietly staring in our Christmas tree and our little manger scene. And maybe we think of that silent night when Jesus was born and there was no one there. Angels singing. There wasn't much to see. It was quiet. Maybe that's the real meaning of Christmas that we'll discover this year for the first time as we experience a rather unplanned and unexpected Christmas. Whatever it is, whatever your plans are, be like David. Have good plans in mind. I want to do what God wants. Good. Do it. God is with you. But then don't be surprised when God breaks in and says, okay, change your plans. Small adjustment. A little bit bigger. Because in the end, if we understand that God's plans are always bigger and better than we could ever imagine, then perhaps the best gospel, the best news of all, is to have God break into our life and say, change of plans.